You are now listening to A Corporate Streets Presentation. Welcome to The Powercast. The Powercast. The Powercast. The Powercast. Welcome to The Corporate Streets Powercast. This is the PowerCast that's going over the 48 Laws of Power by Robert Greene. And today you have Master TJ. And this is Jaren. And we're going over the 48 Laws of Power. This week is Law 1. Never outshine the master. Never outshining the master, man. What do you think about that, man? That's a... Uh, that's a, it seems like it's a pretty clear law. Does it seem pretty clear to you, man? Um, <clears throat> I feel like the 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 wording, the terminology of never outshining the master might kind of uh, alert some people. Because, okay. like, in my mind, when I hear that, I'm hearing um, basically, like, I'm thinking about, like, my manager. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody wants I would, to, I would agree with that. Nobody wants to think of their manager as the master. But once you can kind of get out of your own way and just be like, you know, he obviously is not meaning that's your master. But, you know, if you if you just ex- exchange that word master with your manager, with your mother, with, you know, whoever, you know, the uh, person in charge is, then you can move forward. That's true. You know what? Robert Greene, what he did or what he was doing in the book was he used a lot of past situations to uh, to explain his 48 laws. And in this particular. So he talked a lot about olden days with courtiers and the kings and the queens. And he, he talks about emperors he talks about um, a lot of different types of people or that are in hierarchy of some sort, the highest of the high. And so just to make it very easily put, just he just made, named it master. So like you said, master could be boss, master could be mom, master could be dad, master could be manager, uh, CEO, whoever the person that's running the show for whatever you're doing. Exactly. So in this particular example, uh, in, in, the, in his book, in this very first law, he talked about back in the days of Louis XIII. So he was talking about Louis XIII. This guy had a finance minister back then. And this finance minister, he thought that he was the guy. He was the right-hand man of the king. And so um, the prime minister died. He thought he was going to get that position uh, King Louis the Thirteenth. He got rid of the position, and this guy, his name was Fouquet. He thought he was about to. Well, that was his last name. I won't go into his first name. Very old name. I don't want to chop it up. But Fouquet thought he was going to get this position. The king got rid of it, so he thought he wasn't the king's boy anymore. You know what I'm saying? He thought he wasn't the right hand man. So he was going to impress the king. He threw an extravagant party at his new palace that was just built. I mean, the modern day of Fouquet would be P Diddy in my opinion, from the way it was explained. He had foods that have never been tasted before. He had plays. He had music to honor the king. He had this 
in, in his palace, he had this geometrically arranged uh, flower beds and all the shrubbery around. He had fireworks, and everybody agreed that it was the best party party ever, right? Right. And the next day, he got arrested, man. He got charged with stealing money, but he stole that money under the king's direction. The king told him to take that money, but uh, the king turned on him. You know what I'm saying? And according to king set him Robert... Up. Yeah, he said it was basically a setup. It was a setup. Well, it seems like the king was holding him in his pocket the whole time. You know what I'm saying? Saying, "Look, I want you to get me this money, take it from the treasury," and he used that information that he had. And when he needed to turn on the finance minister, he turned on him. Finance minister got twenty he was years. Like, he's like, "Yo, I never told you to do that. I don't know what you're talking about." Right, right. <laughs> I don't know nothing you're talking about. So, anyway, the interpretation of what happened was. Louis XIII wanted to be the center of attention at all times. He felt like this guy, Fouquet, the finance minister, was trying to show him up. And so he got rid of Fouquet because he felt like he was trying to show him up. And he hired a new guy who threw the wackest parties. Um, Any extra money that came from the treasury went straight to the king. King Louis built himself a, a, a palace that was better than Fouquet's palace. He used all the same architects, all the same designers, all the same culinary artists. He threw parties bigger than what Diddy would throw today. I mean, he made himself the man again. And in Fouquet's mind, when he was doing this, he thought he was going to impress the king, show him his capability, throw this most extravagant party ever, and this will make him be the one to be chosen as prime minister. And all he really did was offend the king by showing him up, trying to stun on him, trying to flex his power in his new palace, you know? So the king was insecure, and he got rid of the competition. And that is the explanation from Robert Greene, my interpretation, Corporate Street's interpretation of Law 1. You got any hidden gems in there, man? Do you see anything from what was explained in the law? Where did, where did this guy Fouquet go wrong, man? Well... Overall, I think like if we were to uh, translate what this never outshine your master means, I think um, as far as the streets, the streets would probably call it staying in your lane. And right. So basically, you know, you should you should know your role and shut your mouth like the rock would say. Yep. <laughs> and, yep. and you kind of just play your position. That's a, That's another way of putting it. You know, so we got to stay in your lane, know your roles, play your position and basically not try to, you know, you're not you shouldn't be doing so much to where you're doing better than the boss. Right. You know, like uh, it's like going to a wedding. Right. You're not supposed to wear your big white gown at no at somebody's wedding that looks that's, better that's than the That's so bride. true. You know. That's so true. Because you're not be the day is not there for you. Right. The day is not for you. The day is for the bride. And if you go in there trying to stunt, trying to flex your not your large dress, people not gonna want you in there, man. Yeah, you don't you don't wear your wedding dress to somebody else's wedding. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's kind of sounds what uh, sounds like kind of what Fouquet was doing, you know. He yep. he he thought you know he could throw this party and the king would be happy, but the king was like, "Hold on, you getting all the attention here?" Yeah, and, I'm not feeling that. Yeah, and so um, that led to Fouquet getting locked up. Boom! So he's out of here. He's gone now. 
present day have you seen that happen have you seen that happen in your life you've seen it happen in front of you you've seen it happen to anybody famous anything we can relate to in present time because talking about king louis the 13th is years and years and hundreds of years ago so what, what do you have this present day have you seen the situation happen yeah i mean where so like where someone else outshine the the boss someone someone tried to outshine the master and it didn't end up well or you know what i don't even want to lead you into the outcome give me a time when somebody tried to outshine the master and you tell me what happened okay so i've seen where like just like at work okay you know there was a manager that came and nobody was really feeling it was like a new manager to us nobody was really feeling her and this one uh co-worker in particular really didn't like her yep. and so she would just basically try to flex her um her uh intelligence on on this new manager and call her out as being wrong all the time and mm. you know and and basically trying to prove that she doesn't belong here or she uh shouldn't be the the, the boss or the master in oh, this case the the new manager the so new manager. this person this person was sitting on the sideline feeling like the new manager shouldn't be the new manager right maybe they thought that they should be the manager right and, and so, so they they were trying to sabotage and make the manager look yeah bad. and and so basically the way that backfired is that the manager then started flexing their managerial power right and was like killing this person on like their uh, audits and stuff you know <laughs> and just being really hard <laughs> and i mean she was the master in this case you know she tried to flex on that that mental uh strength on on the master but the master is still the master and the master has to does the final say in things and so and you know what i think i think that's what people have to understand too is that as incompetent as you think the master or the boss is and again people i can't stress enough that when we say master all we mean is that the person the person that's in power above you the authority okay as much as you want to believe the authority is incompetent doesn't know what they're doing they're dumb they're not smart they're they're they they don't know what they're talking about uh everything that they utter is 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 gibberish you might feel that way but at the end of the day the authority has the authority they have the power to crush you you know and and if you try to buck against if you try to buck against that system ill-advised or unplanned you can and will get crushed so you have to be strategic in how you do it and you know what i just thought of (laughs) i didn't even think about this until just now but i just thought of a perfect example of somebody not outshining the master but however that was creating power for them and that is and this is a fictional situation but that was uh have you seen Django? Yep, I've seen it. All right, so uh, Lawrence Fishburne was in, or excuse me, uh, Samuel Jackson was in Django, right? Yep. And he was like the uh, house slave. So now mm-hmm. we're now we're talking about actual masters versus slaves, and that's what made me just think about this. So he played the the master, 
which was Leonardo DiCaprio, right? He played uh-huh. him forever, you know, for a long, long, long time, you know, thinking that, you know, he played the Masters, thinking, uh, led him to think that Samuel Jackson's character was inferior, that he was weak, that he was naive, and he's always like, yeah, boss, you know, let's do this, let's do that. And um, basically making the, the, the slave owner think that he you know was running everything which you know is a slave owner but in the end samuel jackson's character he used to walk around kind of hunched over and with the limp but then he showed that he actually was still a very strong man he 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 stood straight up he walked without a limp and i mean this was after i think i think the master was dead by that point but he showed that he actually did possess a lot of power on that plantation, even though he was the slave. Right. But he used his intelligence to kind of wear kind of a mask to show that he was kind of uh, weak to make the master think he was weak. But really, right. he was behind the scenes calling shots. He was running everything. Right. everything. He was making every. He was making everything happen. Right. So. That that's I've actually, although not a real experience, not not a real situation, but it's something that people could relate to. I think. Well, I have a real experience that happened as I was reading the book. Man, I'm I'm I have the audio book going. I'm listening to it. <laughs> I'm listening to the first first maybe the second law. I get out of my car. I go to work. I am uh, walking with a coworker, good friend of mine. Her and I are walking down the hallway. Now, we see the director, one of the directors, okay? And this guy is in the gym a lot. He does lift a lot. Uh, he's not the buffest guy. He's not Arnold Schwarzenegger or nothing like that. But And, and he's a pretty small guy. I guess he's like 5'5", five, 5'6", five, 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 uh, But when he walks around... He walks like he's, you know, 6'6", 320, got big arms. You know, he kind of puffs his arms out a little right, bit. Right, So my friend and I are walking behind the director. And we're looking. And I kind of point out, like, look, he's got his arms puffed out like, like he's buff, right? So another guy who's, he's moving up the ranks. He's been moving pretty fast. He works really hard. He's good at what he does. This guy is walking the opposite way. So we're walking behind the director. He's coming to where he's going to walk toward the director. So he's walking towards us. And he was like, (laughs) he was like, hey, John, you're looking kind of swole today, man. Mm -hmm. Okay. And my friend and I just looked at each other like, what the, what is he talking about, man? And it was like the ultimate brown nose move where it's like, what are you trying to what are you trying to do what are you trying to get at and immediately when i looked at her it popped into my head it's a power he's play. never outshining the master that's exactly so like you, the samuel jackson thing he's like yeah boss this is this you show looking good today this this is show a pretty house we got he he essentially did the exact same thing but it blew my mind because I just listened to the law and I walk around the building and I realize this guy's playing the game. Either he really knows he's playing the game and he's doing it well or I'm just new to it and I didn't realize he's playing the game so well. But you know what that leads to, though, dog? Let me tell you what it leads to. So I've seen them lift weights together before, right? Yeah. He's lifting weights with the director. 
You walk around just on any given day, say, oh, you're looking quite buff today, right? The director's like, you know what? I like that guy. He notices my gains. Right. He lifts weights with me, right? And when time comes to talk about the talent around the building or people that's up for promotion or people that's doing a good job or there's a high profile project, guess who he's going to think of first? The person that's in his favor, the person that's in his ear, the person that's complimenting him. Oh, you know what? Him and I got something in common. We go to the gym together. And not even that. Oh, we like lifting weights and, together. And not even that. He just planned, even if they weren't actually buddy, buddy like that, just the fact that he planted that seed that he's a positive person. So you can do this at home. Like next time you go to work, you see your boss, man, that's a really nice tie you got on there, Tom. And right. And Tom was like, oh, thanks. And he would then, you had that seed planted where he's thinking, you know what? That TJ really is a a good guy. He complimented me. He now has a positive thought to put in the bank for you. And Exactly. And you keep putting those positive thoughts and you keep making those deposits. And the next thing you know it, when somebody's up for a promotion or somebody's up for a raise or whatever, he's going to think positive thoughts about this guy, TJ. He's not going to know why. Right. Exactly. But he just knows he thinks positively of you. So don't be afraid to not outshine a master, compliment the, the, the boss, make him feel like he's smarter than what he really is. Looks better um, than what he does. Looks better than what he does. A compliment goes a long way. Right. And complimenting is whether your boss is a man or a woman, the compliment that those shoes are nice or whatever it is, doing somebody a compliment or making them feel smarter or making them. The fact is, is that Robert Greene also talked about the keys to power and he was saying just to just to wrap everything up for in, on, in the story on, that he was doing. I'm not wrapping up. the. I'm not oh, wrapping okay. up. I'm wrapping up this just to wrap up the story. He gives keys to power. And he said the key is, is that everybody in the world is insecure about something. OK. And you can't waste your time worrying about everybody's insecurities. But what you can do, you can. uh uh, you you use different tactics for those that are above you. So although you don't care about the people that are on your level and worrying about what their insecurities are, the people above you, you worry about their insecurities. So if you know your boss wants to be the center of attention or he wants to be the smartest or he wants to act like he's involved. You ever had those bosses that come walk around just so he can act like he's involved, but he really doesn't know what's going right. on? Call him over and say, hey, you know, this is what I'm working on. Uh, we, we came up with a good idea and we did such and such. That arms him with information that he can take to his higher ups, to people above him, to make him feel like he knows what's going on. So you're arming him with information or her. You know what I'm saying? Right. That, that's a key. Yeah. You going to say something? Yeah, I was just going to say I had saw something similar today. Um, actually, in the bathroom, there was a guy. And he said, hey, man, uh, and he was talking to another guy and said, hey, those are some nice frames you got. Are those new. And he's like, no, these are the same ones I've always had. Mm-hmm. And I always hear this, this guy complimenting people just about something. And I don't think he's really doing the 48 laws of power, but I think he just inherently knows this will lead to good things and people are going to like him because of that. So it's like the same eyeglasses dude had for the past 10 years. Right. <laughs> but he's just saying, hey, he just picked out something. I guess it's kind of hard to compliment somebody in the bathroom. That's kind of weird. But you know yeah. what, though? 
I think that brings up a point that that the book talked about as well is that don't go out of your way and try to you can overdo it. And when people see you overdoing it, that can put you or if you get caught overdoing it, that can put you out of favor as well. Because, I mean, something like eyeglasses, like so you see your boss every day, him or her. Right. You should know. What they you, you should know what they look like. So you the can't take the same identity, eyeglasses, right. right? You can't take the same eyeglasses that they've been wearing for the last five years and call them new. Right. Now you're reaching. Right. So don't get caught reaching. So be careful not to reach. Yeah. Um. But I have a question for you though. So what happens with like? I'm naturally smart. I'm naturally intelligent. I'm naturally charismatic. What happens when I'm not even trying? I'm just I'm just shining on them. No, I'm glowing. What do I do in that case? You know what I mean? What, what can I do? As far as just, as far as not outshining the master. You're telling me not to outshine the master, but naturally I'm just a glow. You have I'm just, to, I'm you high. have to, I mean, if you're going to be successful in doing this, uh, I think Robert Greene had even said this is the most important law not to break. I mean, you're just going to have to practice backing it down when you need to. Right. He said back it down uh, or or stay away from those type of people. So you got a manager that's an attention whore. You better yeah, get away. You better try yeah. to stay away from that type of manager if you're if you're just naturally bright. You know, you naturally shine like that because he's gonna think or she's gonna think you're trying to outdo them. And when you get caught trying to outdo, they're gonna crush you. Right. Right. I mean, right. I, you know, I just saw a spider walking around and the spider wasn't doing nothing to me. It was just walking around in my garage. So did he try to outshine you? He's walking in my garage like he paid a, like he paid a damn bills around here. And you know what I did? I just crushed him. <laughs> and I just thought about that right now. That might have been that might have been wrong to do. It wasn't doing nothing to me, but it was walking around. I don't want it here. I crushed it. And that's what your boss is going to do to you. You so, know what I'm saying? So let me tell you one of Jaren's 48 laws. One of my laws is don't kill anything that's outside. If it's inside, it's open, it's open season on it. But if it's outside and I would consider the garage to be outside, you can't be killing yep. stuff, man. The garage is inside. It's enclosed, Doug. It's got a ceiling and four walls, bro. I can't. I guess it depends inside, on the type of garage, man. you know. If it's like insulated no, and stuff, if it's like if a- I have my. <laughs> so wait, dude. If I have a if I have a ceiling and surrounding walls, I am enclosed. It's indoors now. It's law, inside. So bro. that's 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 one of Jaren's forty eight laws, and law number one <laughs> is don't kill stuff that's outside. But there you go, dog. But hey, you know, I had another thought while thinking of this, uh, or about while reading this. I feel like a boss. Now, this is going to be kind of weird, but I was thinking about like the Ninja Turtles. Yep. Right. Or any cartoon where there's henchmen, like there's just an army of goons. So the Ninja Turtles came to mind. And I feel like like the Ninja Turtles used to just run through like the foot soldiers. They were incompetent. They was like, you know, Shredder was sending them out to do stuff. And they never could do anything right. And it made me feel like, I don't know if this is going to be a law, but it probably should be, that a boss is only as good as his henchmen are. So, let's say if you're in these streets and you got goons, if your goons are incompetent, they're not outshining, they're not doing their job of outshining you. Um, They're not really adding anything. 
and they're gonna make you look like an incompetent uh, boss. And they're eventually, <laughs> especially in the street, gonna be your downfall. Exactly. Because if you got a certain certain code you have to live by, not to get caught up, and they're not following the code precisely, you will be caught out there. So I would so, agree with that. You're only as good as your henchman, right? So, your weakest henchman too, by the way. Yeah, exactly. So exactly. you got a snitch in a you got a snitch in a click. You got to know you're going down eventually. So to relate the minute this, he get pinched to to relate this to this law, you know. So just be a good uh, a goon, a good henchman. If if you if that's your position. Right, because that's the boss will get rid of the boss will get rid of you anyway. So look, the boss is gonna get rid of you if you're stunting on them too hard. The boss is gonna get rid of you if you're not doing your job right. So do your job right, but give your boss as much credit as you possibly can, right. and that boss will in turn or should be giving you the proper credit as well. Yeah. Now, there's another thing that he talked about in the book. He talked about the idea of a reversal, and the reversal is. Sometimes you got to pick your battles and select who to put the moves on because not all bosses are succeeding. There are failing bosses out there. And if the boss is failing, he's a fallen star, as Robert Greene put it, then you're not supposed to give him any pity because he probably didn't give anybody any pity when he clawed his way to the top and stepped on all those people to get to where he was. So if <laughs> if this if, if, if this is his time to fall, then you make his fall feel like a plane crash. Right. You know what I'm saying? You go ahead and you step in where you need to step. So his masters, right, his bosses will see that, wow, this guy isn't doing what he's... He's the weak foot soldier. You know what? This right. fits exactly what you're talking about. Right. All right. So your boss's boss has a weak foot soldier, i.e. your boss. When he starts falling, you crush him. You step you up. You show, yep, you step up, <laughs> and then his boss's boss is going to put you in power. You I've, done I've, so, I, I've done that before. I've done that before. There was a wedding photographer I used to help out, and he was incompetent as a, as a wedding photographer as far as leading. Because people look at the wedding photographer as the leader of the wedding. I don't know why, okay. but you're supposed to run everything the bride the couple will always look to you for answers well this guy would never like assert himself in you know and take control so every time i would work a wedding with him he would kind of look to me and you know i would try to you know back down and not outshine the master in this case who was an incompetent master i would try yep. not to you know step on his feet and 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 take take his shine but as you shouldn't play your position but he would do it so much and then it was just like you know the couple's looking and people are starting to get worried and then i eventually would just have to take over and then i become the main photographer you know just because they they finally see that this guy they hired isn't any good and i'm supposed to just be there helping but i actually know more than this guy so I guess the difference would be then if your if your boss is doing enough to be looked favorably upon by his bosses, you need to play your position because right. that boss is still in power to right. crush you. He can't he or she can't crush you, right? Right. If your boss is fallen and he or she is incompetent, not doing their job the way that they're supposed to be, and you can clearly see that the bosses above him see that he's not doing his job right. 
then it's your chance to step up. That's the time that you step in and you crush him. Right. 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 And in this case, in this case, I actually, he would still keep hiring me because he knew that I would step up and help him out when he's kind of drowning, you know, during these situations. Right. You know what? And that's the thing, though. And the difference is between a general job, like a job that you go to every day. um, If you outshine too much, you were more likely to get crushed. But in this case, this guy is hiring you right. to, to play to play a position. And so you didn't rely on this guy every single day. Nope. You know what I mean? So in this case, you stepping up, he's like, okay, I need him. So secretly, you were the master. And he didn't feel like you were trying to take his shine. He felt like, okay, I can get the job. He can do the work and make the money. And everybody's happy. Which brings us full circle secretly Samuel L. Jackson's character in Django was the master. Yep. Okay. Well, that that's that's good. I guess I guess my last point would be in the end, you just have to play your position, play your cards right. Understand that what goes up must come down. There will be a time that you will come across a boss that's falling out of favor, not doing his or her thing, and you crush him. Outside of that, play your position, play your role, and if you do it well enough, eventually you can surpass the master. No doubt. All so. right, man. So let's go ahead and wrap this thing up. You got anything else? What was your last point? No, nah, man. No, nah, that's it, man. All right. So we'd like to thank you for joining us for the first rule, the first uh, power law. law. I was going to say law. Yeah. Rules. I don't know what they are. I <laughs> I, I've been looking at them as rules. I, I've I've listened ahead, and you know they're becoming rules in my life. But thank you for listening to the first law. This, uh, next week's law is law number two, which is never put too much trust in friends. Learn oh, to use enemies. Oh wait, I think this is a really good one. Um, we'll be back next week to talk about that, and also be sure to listen to the Corporate Streets podcast. Um, that comes out every uh, every Tuesday, kinda, and um, <laughs> and that's uh, where me and TJ are allowed to say curse words. <laughs> that's where we're allowed to uh, explicitly express our views. Right. We kept it a little clean on this one. Yeah. I think we did good, man. So the podcast is clean. You can listen to it at the Bible study. Um, the 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 podcast don't. It's dirty. Yeah, it's dirty, (laughs) filthy. (laughs) It's dirty. You have been listening to the Corporate Streets Powercast, and we'd like to thank you and have a good day. Holla, peace. Come back next week. Telling you, love it. You know this is hot. life enrichment and goal attainment thank you for listening to the corporate streets 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 the corporate streets